Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another edition of Waiting for Next Year's Cavs Cast. As always, we are part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, January 2015th, and tonight we're talking trades. Before we get started, a word from our sponsor. We've got a great deal with Underdog Fantasy. For first-time depositors, enter in the code WFNY at checkout, and Underdog will match your deposit up to $100. Underdog is a great platform if you are tired of the DFS salary system. There are tons of game types and drafts every night of the week for every sport. Don't forget, use WFNY at checkout to get your first-time deposit matched up to $100. On the heels of a very tough loss to the New York Knicks, uh, lost by two points in which the two-minute report just came out, um, (laughs) and it showed that... Donovan Mitchell was fouled twice in the final two minutes and it wasn't called. Um, It was a really tough example last night of uh, bench play and really what the Cavaliers have been getting from their bench all season. So I thought tonight we would talk a little bit about uh, an assessment of the bench play. You know, who are those key guys, what they've given you this season, where the Cavs are at, you know, from a bench perspective uh, compared to league average as well as what does the trade deadline look like? Trade deadline is February 9th. We are only 15 days away. Um, you know, January is, is really kind of come and gone. And, you know, I think it's uh, it's really time where the NBA deadline starts to heat up. So we just saw Rui Hachimura be sent from the Washington Wizards uh, to the Lakers for none and a couple of additional picks. You know, this is really the time when teams start to heat up and players start to get moving. So I wanted to make sure that uh, we could talk in this forum and uh, we could really review a couple of trades that I think make a lot of sense as the Cavaliers get closer to that deadline on February 9th. But first, let's let's assess the bench, see where the guys are at. So the Cavaliers bench, this is according to NBA Stats. They are currently 28th in bench scoring. So they're getting about 28 points per game from their bench. That's good for for third worst in the league. Their bench three-point shooting is 33%. So again, that's in the bottom third of the NBA. They're 24th in three-point shooting at 33%. And if you break it down and look specifically at the individuals coming off the bench, you you want to start with Karis LeVert. 12.7 12.7 points per game, shooting 42% from the field, 38% from three. And that's really an outlier for Karras. Um, he's typically been a 30, 31%, 32% three-point shooter throughout his career. He's actually shooting the three ball really well this year um, compared to his norm. So 38% from three, but he's only shooting 42% from the field. And um, and that's really bubbling up by, uh, by him only making 45% of his twos. 
Um, so that's that's been a consistent trend throughout. Um, it's upticked a little in the past few weeks, um, but he's really Karras has really had a hard time finishing, you know, within the arc on those those little ISO kind of herky jerky drives that he does, and uh, some of the screen and roll game's been there, but it just hasn't been a great finishing season for Karras thus far. So Karras being their most productive bench player by far, um, but still he's struggling with the efficiency. Uh, next up, Dean Wade, of, of course, um, you know, guy who's been plagued with injuries really throughout his NBA career. If, if you go back and look at, um, you know, Dean Wade and what he's been able to give the Cavaliers, he's been battling the last couple of seasons um, due to injury. This year has been no different. He had the AC joint sprain. Uh, he dealt with, you know, ankle issue. Um, so he's just starting to get ramped up. He only played a couple minutes last night versus the Knicks. You know, you really don't know um, what you're going to get um, from him in terms of the next couple weeks, right? It, it might be, uh, it might take till, you know, mid to late February until he's really ramped all the way back up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, speaking of injury, of course, you know, another key bench player, Ricky Rubio, right? 32-year-old Ricky Rubio recovering from his second ACL tear at 32 years old. Um, the games look pretty quick for him. Uh, he's had some some interesting turnovers. And, you know, I think it's safe to say with with Dean and especially Rubio, it's you're going to have to be patient with these guys, right? It's going to take Ricky Rubio a long time. Honestly, he's, he's probably not going to play um, – He's probably not going to play to the level we're accustomed to until next year. Uh, that, that's just the reality of of an ACL tear, and you know the second one being on that same leg at 32 years old. I, I think it's going to be a um, you know to quote the Dearness Johnson. I think it's going to be a slow grind for Ricky Rubio, even though he's he's progressed so well and things have gone so well for him uh, throughout this process. He came back, I think, sooner than most even expected. Um, it, it's just going to take him a while to ramp up and get back up to game speed. So, you know, Rubio and Dean Wade, of course, they're they're going to ramp back up. If you look, you know, further on down the line, you know, Kevin Love, who is, you know, frankly having the worst season as a pro in his career, um, he's really struggling on both sides of the of the ball right now. Uh, the thumb issue has obviously been uh, an impediment for him with shooting. Um, he's making uh, just 39% uh, from the field, 35% from three. And you know the foot speed, right? The foot speed is really what what concerns me. Um, Kevin Love is still one of the best rebounders in the entire league. If you look at you know rebounds per minute and contested rebounds, Kevin Love is a phenomenal rebounder. Um, but he's really given up a lot right now on on the other stuff. Um, you know he's 34 years old. He's on an expiring deal. He's making 29 million dollars this season on an expiring deal. So, you know, that's a guy who they need a backup big, you know, that, that position is needed on this team right now. They don't have a, a solid, uh, you know, backup really behind Jarrett and Evan. Um, and so they need it, but you know, he's just really struggling at this time. And, 
you know, I, you just look at a couple of blow buys last night and it's just really hard for him to stick around. You know, the one thing I'll say too about Kevin is with his thumb injury and, and him going away from shooting the three a bit, I would have thought, you know, the Cavs would have tried to get him some more paint touches. He does have that nice little, that nice little like spin around jump hook that he likes to go to, or he previously liked to go to. He, he really just is not, they're not emphasizing getting him the ball outside of him doing his, his kind of pick and pops, um, you know, behind the three point arc. And, and just frankly, he hasn't been making them. Um, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a tumble since October. He started off the year really strong and, uh, you know, it's been a battle for him, uh, over the last couple months. And so you look at, look at Kevin Love and then you assess, you know, you continue to go down that bench, Lamar Stevens, you know, he's a, he's an energy guy, right? He's a defensive piece you bring in. If, if the, if the first eight or nine guys aren't giving you, you need, um, you know, for that night. And so, you know, all that to say the, the Cavs bench has is, is really been tough this year. Guys have been in and out. Um, guys are battling through injuries. Uh, there's not consistent uh, play. You know, Chetty Osman has been a guy who's bounced up and down. Um, he seems to be in, in JB's doghouse more often than not, but uh, he's one of the guys who, when he gets hot, um, you know, he's one of those guys with kind of a high ceiling, but he's just not getting a ton of run right now. Uh, with some of these guys coming back like a Dean Wade and a Ricky Rubio. And so when you look at the bench, again, 28th in bench scoring, 24th in three-point shooting, I think there's an obvious need for an upgrade here. And what I want to do is talk about two trades tonight that I think uh, the Cavs would would potentially be open to. It solves a couple problems that they have. Uh, as well as, you know, gives them um, some, you know, continued flexibility as they look at these big contracts coming down the pike with, you know, Donovan and and Darius hitting and, um, you know, ensuring that they're not clogging up, uh, you know, any of the years when Evan Mobley um, needs to be a consideration um, in terms of contract dollars. And so I'll start with the trade that I really want to see happen, who I just think it's a a flawless um, fit in terms of what the Cavs need. And I'm going to start with the spacing wing option. In Detroit, Detroit Pistons are severely struggling this year. They've got a couple guys on their team who I think would be a great fit. But the one I'm going to talk about in particular tonight is Alec Burks. So Burks is 31, six, six foot, six inch, small forward. If you remember, he was on the Cavaliers in 2018. He had a brief stint here. Um, Alec makes 10 million this season and he has a club option for 10 and a half million next season. Uh, so I think that's what makes him very intriguing to me is, uh, you know, 10 million this season is, is very matchable in terms of some of the salary the Cavaliers have a uh, club option for 10 and a half million, which is really not a lot as these, uh, salary caps go up and up, you know, 10 and a half is really a steal. If you're getting a, a guy in the top, you know, seven or eight of your rotation, uh, and if you look at what Alec Burks has done on the court this season, he's averaging over 13 points a game in only 22 minutes, right? So if you look at that as a per 36 statistic, he, he's averaging well over 20 points per game per 36. So he's he's been just an absolute contributor on the court from an offensive perspective, shooting 45% from the field, 43% from three. That's the key, right? Cavs need a guy who is going to help space this team. They, the starters need a guy who's going to help space. And that's what, 
you know, Burks can do 43% from three. It is his best shooting of his career. He's true shooting this season is 61%. Uh, you know, the, the thing that I think makes him so attractive again, is that club option for 10 and a half million next year. I just think that's such an enticing number for a guy who's, who's still, you know, 31, he, he's not 34, 35. You know, I, I wouldn't have any concerns about him giving you serious run next year. And he's, an, he's just another veteran. He's a guy who's been all over the NBA. He's seen it all. He's been on good teams. He's been on bad teams. And I think this is the kind of player that the Cavs would, would really benefit from this season. You know, and my, you know, my mantra and how I look at the NBA this year, um, it's really any team can come out and, and challenge this year. You know, if you go back and look at 2016, 2017, 2018, yeah, there were there was uh, really one way that those seasons were falling. It was it was Cleveland versus Golden State in the finals, but the NBA is just so wide open right now. Um, you know, I think you're really doing a disservice if you don't put some chips in and, and kind of go for it. If you're a top five, top six team in in the East or the West, frankly, you know, I think both conferences are, are pretty wide open. You never know what can happen with injuries, uh, with players hitting a cold spell. Um, when you have a defensive identity like the Cavaliers do, uh, you know I, th I think you, you really can't count on anything, right? Who knows who's going to be healthy two years from now? Uh, of course, the Cavs are progressing and they're going somewhere, but I don't think you can take any year for granted. So that's why I would I would be for improving around the margins and and giving yourself you know that shot. And so. If I look at a, a trade package for Alec Burks, a guy who makes again ten million dollars this season, a club option for ten and a half next, you know, if you would combine the the salaries of Jetty Osman, Dylan Windler, and you threw in two second round picks, um, you know, that would be a, a successful trade from a cap standpoint. It would keep the Cavs under the luxury. Um, if you look at you know some of the metrics, um, you know, it would be a, a plus three uh, win for the Cavs. The way that some of these different websites can can kind of value your trade, uh, and the Cavaliers have a bevy of second round picks. So per Fanspo, they've got two second rounders in twenty three, one in twenty four, two in twenty five, two in twenty six, two in twenty seven. So you know, although the the Cavaliers' assets are limited, I think a guy who you know you have that club option for next year and and we're really in the Cavaliers is you know champ you know I would say contending window I don't think that that 2 seconds out of the 2 4 6 7 8 9 you have over the next few years you know I don't think that's that's really depleting your assets too much there with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The second trade I wanted to talk about is another guy who fits that spacing wing option role and, and attributes. It's a guy who lit up the Cavaliers earlier this season down in San Antonio. It is shooting guard, small forward wing, Josh Richardson. So Josh is 29 years old, six foot five, uh, obviously on the Spurs. He makes $12 million this season. 
and will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So he's a he's a pretty clean and easy one and done. So he would be obviously the Cavs would pick up kind of the prorated version of that twelve million dollars if they were able to trade for him. Um, and he would be with the team through the end of the year, and then he's he's unrestricted at the end. So Richardson this year shooting forty five percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. He shot over forty percent from three last year. Uh, he's getting up decent volume, about five threes per game, and you know, in a little bit different than Burks. So you don't have any of that that team control for next season, but. You know what I do. Why I do think this is potentially a fit. Why San Antonio would be interested is, um, you know, they they've been someone in the past that have been rumored in a certain player who, you know, we, we just discussed in the last trade, Jetty Osmond. So again, you know, these tradable contracts the Cavs have, Jetty Osmond, Dylan Windler. You know, I think if you threw in one second round pick, that might be enough if San Antonio is still interested in Jetty, as well as that that additional one asset of the the twenty three second round pick. Um, you know, you get Josh Richardson for the rest of this year. You take a look at, you know, my thing with with this type of trade with for Richardson is, you want to see different prototypes with this team. It's all about building around the core four, and they really haven't had that kind of dead eye spacing shooter. You know, that's something that they'd hope Dylan Windler could be. That's something when Jetty Osmond is right, that's what he is, right? But it's not something Levert is. It's really not something Dean Wade is at volume. So I think you know getting this type of player around the core four, I think is is pretty meaningful, and it would be great to see what it would look like, and it may inform them on on what they continue to need to to see. And so you know if if things were to go right, and you were able to to make a trade for Josh Richardson for again Chetty Dylan in, in a second, you know maybe it's something you could look at uh, him sticking around after this year since he's only twenty nine, and. You know, these last two packages we've talked about it have only included the same two players. There's obviously some other uh, larger contracts that the Cavaliers have that are expiring. Kevin Love making $29 million, Karis LeVert making, I think, just north of $17 million. And so, um, you know, the one thing that would make me hesitant about a Karis LeVert trade at this point in the season is, you know, his ability to handle the ball, to create assists, um, create good looks for others. Um, he's got a pretty good rapport with Jared Allen. I, I think if Rubio were completely up to speed, then that's something I would be more comfortable with. But you know, with him, it's going to take him a few months to get back up, and I'm just not not as willing to lose the playmaking ability that Lavert brings. Although he's he's not a perfect fit around the core four, I, I just think you can't you can never have enough good ball handlers, and that's something that you know they shouldn't be rushed to get rid of. Even though Lavert is a an expiring deal. So those are two trades. I'm going to go ahead and post them on Twitter. Um, I wanted to share and, and just have some uh, have some back and forth um, tonight. So I see a couple couple items in the chat. I'll be sure to share those screenshots on Twitter. Um, you know, let me know what you think about them. You know, in, in summation, you know, Kobe has has been the most actually from a trade perspective. He has been the most aggressive, you know, GM decision maker in the league since he was promoted to that job with the Cavs. So now that they're in that, you know, contention window, playoff contention window, um, I expect him to to do the exact same kind of things. I, I think Cavs fans are going to need to be patient with Wade and Rubio specifically as they come back from injury. Uh, but as I stated earlier, when you're when you're in the arena, that's that's where the Cavaliers are at. They're in the arena and they have a shot. 
We've seen them beat the Boston Celtics. We've seen them beat the Milwaukee Bucks. We've seen them play well against Philly. You know, you you have a shot with how talented your team is, and nothing's promised, right? Who knows who's going to be healthy in two years, in three years? Who knows if Donovan Mitchell is going to stay with the team beyond his contract? You, you got to give yourself as good a shot as you can. Um, and, and frankly, you put in so many assets with the Donovan Mitchell trade. What's the sec- What's one or two more second round picks? Right? You're you're not going to you're not going to bring in any additional big contract guys. That's just not possible based off of the way that. Uh, that their contracts are set up. So these are the kind of moves the Cavaliers are going to have to get really good about making for the next two to three years as they try to plant and, and firm up around the edges, around those core four. Um, wanted to get that out tonight because I think it's going to get really kind of crazy and fun uh, You know, around the NBA tread deadline. We're only 15 days away. Uh, I would be uh, not surprised at all to hear some Cavaliers rumors starting to really heat up over the next few days. So I wanted to jump on here and and give uh, you know give a couple scenarios that I think are likely and, and frankly make a lot of sense for the Cavaliers. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We've got a good slew of games you know this week and and we'll be back with a guest next week. Thank you all so much for listening and have a good night. Hello. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.